It's great to have you with us on this Father's Day. Do you ever think about Father's Day for God? Like, I think we can say that this is Australia's Father's Day for God. What do you think? Just to take that moment out and, uh, and just really contemplate. Of course, Jesus talked to us and revealed God as Father more than any other thing. That was the primary revelation that Jesus brought was that we could relate to God, not as distant and somehow, you know, just removed from the affairs of our lives, but just like a great dad that wants to be involved. Um, and yet even that has, you know, it's full of mystery, even that statement, full of uh, uh, many different experiences that we've had. This Father's Day for me is incredibly special. As Sue said, first time in two years for us to have all our kids together. And so we've got uh, Levi and Talitha who passed a Lifehouse Taipei and um, and our new granddaughter, River Rose, who is absolutely looking gorgeous there. And, uh, and then our beautiful daughter from Sydney flew up yesterday to be with us, or Friday? Friday, Friday to be with us. So it's been great to have her home. And, uh, and of course, Reuben, our youngest, has travelled all the way from Mount Lofty. <laughs> and uh, mate, we really appreciate that. That's quite an effort. Actually, for him to be awake before midday is a pretty big effort, and so we really do thank you for that today. Um, so it's very special for us, and of course, um, uh, with my eldest recently becoming a parent, I thought, and being a dad, uh, what a great opportunity to maybe get him up here talking with me about fatherhood. So why don't we welcome Levi as he comes? <laughs> Pastor Levi Mulher. And... Um, and, you know, I, I've wanted to do something a little bit different. How you go, mate? Good? Good, good. That's good. Good morning, church. <laughs> I wanted to do something a little bit different today because uh, it's interesting. Whenever you go to prepare a message for Father's Day, if you're not careful, you find yourself like you can be unwittingly beating up on dads a bit. You know, you say that this is what great fatherhood looks like and, and really subconsciously, subconsciously most guys, most fathers are like holding up little scorecards in their own head. How do I do on that lap three, four, seven? You know, we're actually rating ourselves. So to avoid that, I thought what we would do instead is just have a good talk about the experience of fatherhood. The experience of fatherhood. I can tell you right now, one of my experiences was absolute horror at the speed this guy used to ride downhill bikes down, down Mackenzie Frenzy. Um, I went down one day and, uh, and I was just like horrified. And then his younger brother's not much better. He took me down there, said, Dad, come and video me with your phone doing a jump. And uh, he did two or three of these jumps and I was like, like I was just on edge. I think the fourth jump, he jumped, landed a little bit crooked and went straight into a tree and I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving right now. I can't watch. Uh, and then, of course, I've got my beautiful daughter and, and it just seems like one day she's playing with dolls and the next day she's a mature, beautiful woman and it's like, where did life go? Uh, if you're a dad in this place, just parents in this place, how often have you wanted to hit pause? It's just like, would you just slow down? Just stop for a moment, hit pause and try and enjoy it. But of course, you can't do that. Uh, but the fact is, life gets richer. It can. It's, 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 it's a possibility that life actually gets richer as it goes by. So we're going to talk about some of that. 
Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's yeah, talk. Levi's like that was a long intro, Dad. <laughs> so I was just thinking about how the the bike stuff I think came from you. With uh, I remember Dad coming and proving himself to me one day. I was riding my bike out the front, and Dad says, "Let me show you how it's done." and goes and does this big jump and kind of lens a bit wonky but looks cool and he's like yeah mate good stuff walks back into the house and then i went in half an hour later and he's got his leg up on the couch he's bleeding out the back of his calf because he'd like torn it up with the pedal and i thought good on you dad yeah, but the main thing was that i made it look cool it looked cool it looked cool it, 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 i made i made a disaster look a lot smoother than what it felt so I think me and Ruben made me get that from you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, we want to talk about experience because, uh, interestingly, often when we talk about parenting on any level, it's like what do parents provide for their kids? So a little bit of a different approach today, just in a way we're going to have a conversation, and that is what kids provide for us, mm. what having children uh, actually does. And, and on the way, hopefully you'll see a little bit of the father's heart as we talk about this, um, you know, and then we'll apply it to the father heart of God as we move through. So um, uh, we're going to look at some of the experiences that children provide from, for fathers, besides losing your good tools in the grass while they fix their bikes, Levi. Yeah, and then just a note to all the kids out there, never lose your dad's spinners once because you'll never hear the end of it ever again. <laughs> well, you shouldn't worry too much, mate, because I did find them again. With the lawnmower. Yes. I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you found them. I don't know. Any other dads wonder how, how can a kid bring a car back well, you know, when they're first driving? How can a, car, a kid bring a car back and it's like so empty? It is so empty. They somehow got it in the driveway, but you can't get it to the service station. As a matter of fact, I think that Levi used to bring it home that empty that I could have thrown a match in the tank and it wouldn't have gone boom. <laughs> Look, I've just figured life out, okay? So you take your car home empty, you leave it in the, the, the driveway, and then you come back the next day and it's full. It's, it's like magic. <laughs> it's magic. It's a magical driveway. <laughs> so if you've got an empty car, come park it in our driveway. It'll be filled up the next time you get in it. So that's it. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. That's it. Our kids... I just had faith is what it was. I had faith. I'm get... When I get back in here, it's going to have gas in so it. So all your teenage years, you were like, God is so good. He's just so unbelievably Abundant good. Abundant blessing. Just you had faith provision. for fuel. Oh, yeah. boy. You were the hands and feet and wallet of God. Is... <laughs> that's what parents are. You know? Well, one thing is kids change you. If you talk about an experience, kids change you or children change you so Levi how has having a child changed you so far yeah I think like it's just such a, an incredible thing hey that like in the whole um the whole birth process and, and having a baby how you just love this little person so much even though you've never seen them and you know kind of not really that much about them is is just so kind of overwhelming um, and so I think it's just been, been a huge change for, change for us, and it's just changed a lot of little things, like, you know, going to the, to the grocery store is now this amazing adventure, and, and I think you become, like, really shameless with stuff, where you're walking around with the baby, and you're like, look, peas, peas, wow, peas, wow, <laughs> and I mean, River's, like, five months old, so... Um, which is also a note today as well, just a disclaimer that I'm a very experienced father, um, five months of experience, so I've basically got it all worked out. Um, if you have any questions after, you can come and see me, um, but no, so we're working it out. But I think, yeah, just bought, Rivers just bought like so much 
joy into our life and just even just the really the little things is mm. is so amazing so, so cool. can be changed but so cool how about you how did i change your life <laughs> or, and us the kids change all your the life. kids well it certainly changed my bank account <laughs> i know that um, and mine and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> of course there's you know there's love and joy and just the the pitter patter of little footsteps and uh giggles and just all the stuff that that kids bring and that that really does change your world on a more serious note or a a deeper note I think one of the things for me was um I think maybe for the first time in my life I realized how vulnerable I was I think um you know as a young person even when we're first married even with the two of us um you know, if I thought of life's tragedies or, you know, what would I do without Sue? There, there always seemed to be, or what would she do without me? There was always like, we would cope. Of course you'd cope and you'd make life work. But since we had a child, it was just a totally, for me, it was a totally different experience of, oh my goodness, my heart is really vulnerable. My heart is going up and down according to this little person. And, um, and so, yeah, on, on a deeper note, maybe that. How do you think you kind of dealt with that? I don't know, like being more vulnerable, how do you stay... Um... Well, you certainly have to tr- trust God more. Um, and, you know, but that's, you know, all of our trust in God is against the backdrop of a very broken world. Mm. Um, I often said to you kids, I think when you were growing up, you'd, at some point it would come up, uh, don't you trust me, you know, can't go to that party or can't have a phone yet or whatever... Don't you trust me? And it was like, oh, I really trust you. I just don't trust everyone else. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you have to trust God. And, um, but, you know, and the reality of that is, is trusting in a very broken world, which is still a scary thing. So I'm not sure whether I did. So that's why you didn't give me a phone. That's, that's no, just one, of, one of many <laughs> reasons. Um, one of many reasons, mate. Um, another thing that kids do definitely is catapult you. So children, like, catapult you forward in life uh, without a doubt. And I think, you know, that, you, you remember, you, you mentioned before the birthing suite, but for any fathers who are fortunate enough to see their children born and be on the spot, um, you know, that is just a phenomenal experience. And you know everything's changed, don't you? Yeah, I think it's just, it's an instant where it's like, life is never going to be the same. Mm. Um, which I think could sound like a scary thought, but I think in the moment it's just so exciting and so incredible. And, um, you know, like just like holding your kid for the first time and being like, whoa, like, where did this come from? <laughs> kind of thing. Um, we yeah, can talk about probably, that later. But... Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we know. I'm pretty sure we know I, where it came I, from. I thought we'd already <laughs> talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think we've got it worked out now. Um, but I think it, it, it really does kind of catapult you forward into life. I think, I think you might need to speak with some of the interns about how that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. the previous um, service, yeah, yeah. The previous service. They're not going to comment this time. <laughs> Sorry, that was a joke with the early service. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think they do. They, they catapult you forward into life. They absolutely do. I mean, uh, uh, the tremendous pride is something that, that I, you know, that's what I experienced this sense of your life's getting bigger, everything's beginning to move. You know, it's almost like uh, when you have kids, you, you, you grow up really, really fast and you have to. And, uh, 
and certainly just the sense of pride that you've got in your kids. Obviously, when, when your kids do really well, you know, you, you, you're really proud of them. But more than that, it's just even in the everyday. It's amazing how just watching a child ride the bike, watching you ride a bike around the backyard could just fill me with a sense of, you know, that's awesome, that's my boy sort of thing, playing with dolls. Um, that was Bethany, of course, that wasn't you, but... Uh, not that we would have stopped you. If you'd really wanted dolls, we would have got you dolls too. But, uh, you know, Reuben just pushing little cars around the sandpit, destroying cars in the sandpit. Um, all of those things just engendered this tremendous sense of your life just swelling up and just being full with your kids. That's, that's just, you know, that's fatherhood. That's, that's what it is. We're experiencing that with, like, so many firsts. Like, everything is a first, but... You like celebrate even the little things like, oh, she's drooling for the first time. It's like, oh, she's in the car for the first time, you know. Oh, this is her first time wearing it. The other week we were celebrating, first time she's ever wearing a hat. And we're like, this is the first time she's ever worn a hat. Yeah. Um, and it's so, like, such a little thing, but it's, yeah, it does fill you with such joy. Well, last night we were like, first time in Australia, yeah. Yeah, welcome. Awesome. And, Love it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think maybe what it catapulted, yeah, I think you mentioned it, but it was just like that sense of responsibility and, um, and how... You know, you're now responsible for, for someone else in a way. And um, I think it, it really it, it like, uh, helped me to become a lot less selfish, you know, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. now I'm thinking for somebody else and, um, you know, learning to enjoy that responsibility as well. Like, yes, I'm going to cook dinner um, <laughs> and getting excited about it. So. And you get to do it like forever because like you guys got here what time last night? I think we got to Toowoomba at like 10, I yeah. think. Who was cooking fresh pasta for you? You were. You were. Who's the man? Let's give it up for Dad. What an amazing Dad. Let's give it up for the man. Because <laughs> it never stops. Like, that's the other thing is parenting never stops. Your kids are always your kids. That, that doesn't change. Um, and certainly children challenge you. They challenge you. And, uh, Some children, not me. <laughs> Some more than others. <laughs> you know, no matter... I think for dads, no matter how good you feel like you're doing it, um, you're always questioning whether you're doing enough or whether you're doing it well enough, uh, whether you're getting it right. And really, I think that's part of being a good dad is that you actually, you know, you're always asking, am I, am I doing this well? Am I doing it right? Is this what, what my kid needs? That's what probably defines a good dad. But that's, that's a continuous challenge. Um, and I have to admit, I wondered at times whether I, you know, just how well I did with you guys in, in areas like discipline, um, especially you. I think I should have been a lot harder. I think you're pretty good with me, but uh, maybe the other kids, maybe Bethany and Ruben. You think? Should... A little bit stricter on them, maybe, yeah. Should have flogged them a bit. You know, harder. the oldest kid, right? The, I think all the, the, all the elders know this, right? You pave the way, you make it easier for the oh, other kids. Oh, here we go. So. The oldest child thing coming out. The no, oldest child thing. I remember once Bethany came to me, and I think, was sure it was Beth, and said, you know, it's that middle child thing. That's what I'm experiencing. And I'm like, as opposed to a first child thing or as opposed to a third child thing. I mean, there is a thing with every level, I think. Yeah. There is a thing. Yeah. So, but we've all gotten through it, haven't we? I think we're doing all right. I think, <laughs> I think we've okay. all gotten through it. Um, so you reckon I disciplined you enough? 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, some, maybe some more pocket money would have been good. <laughs> if you want to think of things to work on, maybe pocket Actually, money. Actually, look, I dispute that because Ruben, to this day, like, he's just started full-time work, so we're on to him to pay board, and he's referring back to your board pay levels, like, seven years ago, to say, I should only pay 50 bucks. And his mother agrees. Who reckons I think Ruben 150. Who's think, here? 150 bucks. Should pay more. He's got meals included, meals washing. Included, washing. It's pretty good deal. He's, he's doing some of his and, own washing, no? But I mean, 50 good. bucks for that. There's a lot of inflation since five, six years ago. I was going to say. I back was, in the day. Well, mate, I don't know. We used to get paid tips you, for the work we were doing you, back seven you, years ago. You say you need. <laughs> You, you back need, in my day, you need back in more. 2011. Mate, in 1984, I was paying 50 bucks as a third-year apprentice. Oh, it's pretty <laughs> steep, pretty steep. <laughs> I think, you know, look, when it comes to dads, dads, and I've heard, I don't know where I heard this, but I think it's very true, um, and it probably depends a bit on the personality type of the parents, both of them, but dads provide expectations and mums provide unconditional love. And I think that's a pretty good balance, and as I said, it's not always the case. It probably depends a bit on the, on the uh, personality type of the people. But because of that, as the dad who's, or, or as the, the parent that's providing expectations, uh, again, it's a real challenge. It's a challenge because you want your kids to like you. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to draw pretty hard lines or you've got to, you've got to you know, you've, you're the enforcer at times. I think it's, it's like what, what I, it's made me think of is like, you know, I have got such a big part to play in this little girl's life. Um, whether I choose to be a part of it or not, it's going to have a huge impact on, on her future. Um, so I think, yeah, there's definitely that kind of that pressure of, you know, of expectations. And, yeah, I want to be best friend and I just want to have smiles all the time. But, um, yeah, I think that, that was maybe something, you know, I dealt with growing up. And I think not so much because of you and... Um, you and mum, but I think expectations were a big thing. I don't know if it was just being, you know, the pastor's kid and everyone's like, oh, you're the PK, you know. Mm-hmm. Ah, you're perfect. You know, oh, the, every time I do something, you know, borderline people would be like, oh, the PK can't do that, you know. And I just felt like there was just this huge expectation that I was never going to live up to. And I think it was something I had to deal with myself, you know, and with, with God as well, just realising that I'm accepted um, for who I am because I am a kid, not just because of... Um, mm. how, how I perform or what I do. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure on, you know, kids with expectation and stuff. Well, I mean, you know, that, that's part of just growing up. That is life. Um, I certainly have, you know, I've got thoughts of things I could have done better. I think I, I should have done better. Um, probably praying with you guys. And I think as when kids are smaller, that's a lot easier. Mm. Um, I think... Probably the biggest thing, the number one for me, would be I wish I'd spent more time just talking to you about your day. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those tough things that when your family's just growing up and you often just wish there was more time just to stop. And obviously that depends on the child too because, you know, you hit a certain age at times it's not particularly cool to sit down and have a big talk to your parents. But that would be one of my things that I think I wish I'd have probably got that better. I think you did that pretty well, you know, I think that, um, you know, the thing I really loved about our family growing up was that the culture, I think, was really, a, was, was a godly culture, you know, and it was setting us up well to make our own decisions, I think, um, 
as opposed to kind of it being really enforced. I always appreciated, you know, I guess growing up in a Christian home, I grew up as a, a Christian because my parents believe in God. I love my parents, so therefore I should believe God. And I had to go through, you know, uh, I guess a period in my teenage year where, years where I decided, is this actually something I believe or is this just something that my, my parents believe? And I'd encourage every church kid here that you have to get your own revelation of God. You have to get mm, a revelation mm. of God for yourself. Um, even if you're new here and if somebody bought you, um, you know, don't just have faith because your friend have it. You have to actually find that um, for yourself and, and come to the place where you believe it because that's what you believe, not because somebody else believes it. And yeah. I think you set that up you know, pretty well for us. So I think you did probably better than you expected. I'm glad. Well, I actually think, in all honesty, that, that most dads... You know, if you're concerned about how you're going, if you're concerned at all, you're probably doing better than what you think. Mm. Just the fact that you're concerned means you're probably doing better yeah. than what you actually think. Because there's no perfect families, there's no perfect scenarios. It certainly isn't a perfect world either. Mm. Uh, but but on that whole theme of um, of getting things right, what's one thing that you are determined to get right with my granddaughter? I mean, your daughter. My daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, pressure's on for a good answer here. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it before, but I think one, one of those things being the expectations and really want to get that good balance of, like, setting her up well to make her own decisions. Mm. And then I think the other thing would be, you know, trying to keep a really united front with, with Talitha and keeping on the same page and... Um, which I'm sure is way easier just to say than it is to actually do. Um, but yeah, I think that's an important thing for kids. You know, and it's actually something I loved about our family. I think growing up, I never felt like we had a lot of lack like in, in a lot of situations. I think now that like getting a bit older, I know every time we come back and we're sitting and talking, it's like, man, things weren't always easy for us growing up. Like There were some you know, really tough times that I think I never even knew about because mum and dad were happy at home and joyful and... Um, so I think I, I see that in you guys and really respect that. And I think that was powerful for us to grow up in a way where it was like, you know, even though things were tough, it didn't seem like we were just always, things were really hard. So I don't mm. know, I kind of want to carry that on mm. as well. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad that was your experience because I guess, again, we probably that's one of the things you're concerned, whether you're doing it well. Um, and I think as parents, and especially in church life and serving God, like, you've got to be careful what you drag home with you. And I, I always felt like we dragged probably too much home, but I'm glad that was your experience. Yeah, right? yeah I think you, you did it pretty well. So, mm. Is that a good answer? Mate, that's right. I'll, I'll <laughs> that's what I'm later. planning on I'm doing with your you granddaughter later. anyway. So. <laughs> you, <yeah. laughs> you better get it right. Um, and so the last thought is, and this is a thought that, that when we actually talked on the phone, you were still in Taipei and... We just talked about doing this. And this was really the only thought that we started with. And it was um, first up, and I think it's the most important, and we both agreed that this was our experience, and that is that children centre you. And I'll explain what that means, or you'll explain what that means a bit. But just this, this whole sense of, wow, I'm getting an incredible revelation right now. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I think we were talking a bit about, um, I guess, the whole... Uh, like having a kid and, and I was kind of telling you how the amazing thing, especially with a, with a newborn, right, is they can't do anything. Like they, they kind of just like sleep and poop and eat and cry. And <laughs> that's it. That's literally all they can do. And what I thought was amazing was just how much 
I loved her, even though she couldn't do like anything for me. Um, you know, I was not getting any kind of benefit back out of it. Um, can't make her laugh, can't make her smile. Um, if they're smiling, it's because something probably going on in their diaper. Um, and I would, but, but all the same, like I would try so hard, even though I wasn't getting any response, I'd try so hard to make her laugh and, um, you know, putting on silly voices and I'd say to Talitha, oh, look, I've got her laughing. And she'd be like, no, you haven't. Um, but it was amazing. Even though she couldn't give back really anything to me, it was like, there's nothing I wouldn't give for her. Like Mm. I would give everything in a second just, just for her, even though I'm not really getting anything, um, in, in return so much, um, and I remember we talked about that and, and you said, well, now you know how I feel. And I think as a son, I had this amazing revelation of like, wow, like the way I feel about my daughter is the way that my dad feels about me. Um, and it was really like a powerful experience to know that that's how you actually felt about me. And then I think just going one more fur- step further is that's how I feel as, as, as your son. I'm also a son of God, a child mm. of God. Mm. If that's the father's heart, that's the way that the father god thinks about me that's the way the father god feels about me and i thought that's so relevant because you know as as a as a person sometimes all i give god is dirty nappies you know Mm. (laughs) sometimes it feels like god's just cleaning up my mess um but he loves me just the same and he'd give it all he already gave it all for me just the same and it made me think of that scripture in um i think it's romans 5 8 where it says but god demonstrates his own love for us um in this uh, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, mm, while we were mm. still in our mess, while we could do nothing for God, while we were far from Him, while we were separated from Him, uh, while we were against Him, He gave it all for us mm. before we did anything for Him. And I just thought that was such a powerful revelation for me as a child of God to know that, wow, God really, really loves me. He gave it all for me regardless of what I've done and regardless of my past and, and in my mistakes. So mm, mm. a really powerful revelation. Which is relevant to all of us. You know, no matter what your experience of an earthly dad has been, that is your heavenly father's heart towards you. And I remember uh, my brother saying to me, I think when we were first pregnant with, uh, with you probably, and my brother said to me, um, uh, mate, you think you love your wife, just wait till you have a child. And that sounds like a really strange statement. And I, I know when he said that, I was resistant to that. It was like, no way. I mean, Sue's just number one in my life and always will be, etc. Uh, and But then you hold your children. And it's like, wow, this is, this is just love in a different way. And... Um, and I remember, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and I think we both do this, you know, if I had to use Sue as a blast shield to stop you from getting hurt, I probably would have when you were smaller. I know that sounds terrible, but Sue would have thrown me under the bus just as fast um, if it meant protecting the kids, because that's just how you feel. It's like we've got to protect and nurture. And, and then when you, you understand that's how God feels about me, and which in essence is what God did in a, in a sense what the the cross was in a sense was a blast shield from our own brokenness and God wanting to get reinvolved in our world and reinvolved with us and his love is so great that he'd give of himself to you know bring us back into a good place and uh, and that is you know just amazing the amazing love of God for each and every one of us that really does uh, it's it's a father's love. 
That's all you can say about it. So what would you say, though, to someone who maybe hasn't had that great experience of an earthly father's love? Like, um, what would you say? Yeah, I think, obviously, my experience with earthly father was really great, you know. Um, not perfect, but it was pretty good. Um, it was like an 8, 9 out of 10. It's not bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll take 8. Uh, you'll I'll take 8. I'm pretty happy with 8. I'll flee the building with yeah. 8. <laughs> um, but, you know, I know I've got a lot of friends and know a lot of people aren't in that same kind of situation maybe as me. And, um, and even maybe when you hear about things like the Father of God, maybe it's hard to, to understand what that concept really means because your earthly image of a father maybe wasn't that great. Um, and, and I would just encourage you, maybe even you know, for guys here, maybe that makes you worry about fatherhood because you don't want to bring trash from your past or problems from the past into your new future. And I just think that um, you know, the amazing thing about God is that your past doesn't have to define your future. Right. You know, your experience of a dad doesn't have to be who you are as a dad um, because you've got direct access to the source of all good fatherhood, all good knowledge, which is, which is God the Father himself. Um, so I just, I guess, encourage you, you know, like, um, I think we have to, it's really faith to trust God that he's going to give us what we need. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, obviously having a new baby, we've Googled so much. Like, we Google everything. Like, is this normal? Like, you know, is that normal? You know, should they be, should they be eating their fingers? You know, like, everything. Um, and the, I think the hard thing with Google is it's yes to everything and no to everything. Mm. Like, mm. you search one thing and it's like, yes, do it, it's amazing. And you search it with slightly different wording and it's like, no, it's terrible, it's going to be the worst thing for your baby ever. And it's like, there's two extremes. Um, so I think, you know, obviously researching and stuff is a good thing, but I think at the end of the day, we actually got to trust God that he's going to give us wisdom, he's going to give us the strength we need, the energy we need at 2 a.m. to change the nappies. You know, it's God who um, provides for us. So I think, you know, maybe if you haven't had that experience as, as a father, don't let that, with a father, don't let that stop you from having a new experience with God as your father. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I've really enjoyed this, mate. It's been fun. It's been good. It's been fun. I hope it's been okay for you. I hope for some of the dads. I had someone come up to me at the end of the first service and they were just like, that just, and it was a young lady in the church and she just said that just really gave me an insight into, you know, how dads think in ways that I just hadn't thought of before. So there we are. A couple of dads talking about fatherhood. We're just two dads. Just two dads? Here we are. Just two dads. You know, you talk, about, you talk about worrying about things. I think we'd had you home about two days and I rang the ambulance because you were making this really funny noise. It was like you couldn't get your breath and you're like, you'd sort of go like that. And I rang the people and they got me to describe it and they said, I can still remember the feeling when they said, it's not hiccups, is it? <laughs> And it was, because here you are, quite healthy. So let's, uh, let's thank Levi. Thank you so much, mate. Bless you. Bless you. And, uh, yeah, funny. Fatherhood. And I, I guess where we need to land today is, uh, you know, no matter what your journey's been, no matter what your experience of life has been, Uh, The whole reason Jesus came was to affirm God's love for us. No matter what we've been or or seen or or done or had done to us, 
that God's love is always towards us, that he is, he's like, you know, a, a, a father par excellence that just reaches out to us and loves us in spite of who we are or who we aren't, who we perceive ourselves to be. That is the wonderful and amazing love of God. So I wonder if you'd all stand with me this morning as we close the service. And um, I just really like this opportunity to pray uh, for a couple of groups of people today. The first group is, is maybe as we've spoken uh, and, and you've been a follower of Jesus and, and you know what the Father's love is, but maybe that's sort of gone to the background in your mind. It could be because of some of the more recent experiences of your life, but you've, you've really let go of just God's love, acceptance and forgiveness. And yet this morning you'd say, Chris, I, I just need to experience that afresh. I, as, as a believer, as a Christian, I, I need to, to come back to my Heavenly Father and just let his love wash over me again. Let, let his forgiveness wash over me again. Let the revelation of his acceptance of me just wash over me afresh. Uh, and that might be you, and I, I'd really like to, to pray with you. So could we just bow our heads and close our eyes? And if that's you, why don't you just reach out to heaven right now? Just lift a hand to heaven. Father, I, I just thank you for touching people's hearts in this place. I, I thank you for your heart towards humanity. But more than that, your heart towards the individual, uh, towards every person, even in this place, and especially people right now that are reaching out to you, recognising they need to reconnect, recognising they need to embrace who you are, afresh. And so, Father, I pray, pour grace into hearts. Father, meet people supernaturally in their heart, in this place. Meet them at this point of need as they reach out to you, as they embrace you afresh, as they allow your love to flow into their hearts afresh, your acceptance afresh, even forgiveness afresh in Jesus' name. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are still closed, second group of people, you know, you might be on a journey, but you've never actually come to the point of experiencing God, experiencing Him as a Father, experiencing His love, experiencing His acceptance. You know, often uh, when we're outside of faith or before we come to a place of faith, because this is what the faith issue all is, is really, is God really as good as they say? And maybe you've never come to that point of surrender where it's like, you know what? Uh, if that's what God's like, then that's what I need in my life. I need that love, that acceptance, that forgiveness. Maybe you've never come to that point, but in the closing moments, this Father's Day 2019, I just want to give you the opportunity to open your heart to him. So while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, just, just in this place, why don't you reach out? Why don't you lift a hand to heaven? And just reach out to him right where you are. And we're going to pray a prayer together in a few moments. Just right where you are. If you'd say, Chris, that's me. That's what I want in my life. Why don't you just lift a hand right where you are. That's fantastic. Awesome. 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 And we're going to pray together. You can put your hands down again. We're going to pray together. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life. And I'll follow you. Amen. And listen, if, if you just did that for the first time, that prayer is really as, as easy as it is. It's coming to a heavenly father, believing he's as good 
as what his word says. His forgiveness, his love, his acceptance is towards you. And, uh, and we're just so encouraged that you've decided to open your heart to God, connect your life to his this morning. So why don't we encourage people who've done that this morning, church. That is a fantastic thing to do. And uh, Pastor Sue is going to let us know what's coming next and what you can do to follow through on that decision. We want to help you with that. God bless.